Warning. The following podcast contains complete spoilers for the material. The year is 2186. The STSV Clara, a mining and salvage vessel carrying overmorphs, crashes on LV-187. The resulting infestation of xenomorphs will not only endanger the lives of the workers who inhabit the planet, but will also set off a political firestorm between the United Americas, the Union of Progressive Peoples, the Three World Empire, and the now independent British colony of New Albion, as they vie for control of the oil-rich planetoid. Meanwhile, Cher, a journalist desperately trying to unravel the mystery of her deceased sister, a scientist named Chad searching for a cure for his sick wife, and his synthetic dog Davis, will embark on a mission that will cause them to land on LV-187 and bring them face-to-face with every type of monster imaginable. Today, we're discussing Alien Colony War, and this is the LV-426 Degrees of Alien podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the LV426 Degrees of Alien. A name which uh, is always a mouthful, and maybe I should have thought differently before calling it that. But hey, you know what? Too late now. And also, too late for my co-host Jason. Hello, Jason. Yes, too late to switch up the title for the uh, one listener that... Before we get into the book that we're talking about for this week, which is Alien Colony War, which came out recently, um, I want to talk about Prey. Uh, And if you don't know what Prey is, Prey is the new Dan Trachtenberg Hulu film, which is a Predator film that is set during early colonial periods of like early colonial America. Uh, and it is from uh, the perspective of, of a Native American woman. Uh, and it looked awesome. I, I'd be curious to see what, 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 you, what you think about this, Jason. Well, uh, well, first, um, funny, considering this book is full of praying. You know what I mean? That we're talking about praying. <laughs> but um, I guess yeah. we'll get to that. E, uh, not uh, an A. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. I'm learning to read. Um, yeah, pray. Um, you know, I am... Um, a fan of the things I've seen Dan Trachtenberg do, so I definitely am inclined to have a positive outlook at, at this anyways, right? Like, I was um, just excited he was attached, right? Because I feel like he's a smart director, and that's sort of what I think the Predator franchise needs right this minute, is just a re... He's also a, a director that um, is really comfortable dealing with small space small budget do you know what i mean like grittier not so and i think the project really needs that so um yeah i'm i'm really excited and i'm more excited after seeing this preview i'll talk a little bit more but i know you want to jump in yeah i was gonna say i don't think i was completely sold until the little bit extra information post watching the trailer which is that there will be an entire uh version comanche uh, language and that is really interesting to me uh unfortunately it's like a dub so like it's yeah. not yeah so they did they didn't film like two i wish the whole thing was in but... you know um just in that language and subtitled that would have fucking ruled how yeah, cool no, that would that that have been, been you know yeah, I'll, been I'll, really cool. um you know i hate to bring up mel gibson but like apocalypto right the way that movie works you know right um yeah. it just works really well in that way like where it just feels authentic and like when they're speaking english in this trailer it's the low point for me it's like <sighs> okay. Yeah, it yeah. Just I was, seems well, like because I was I, I was kind of worried about it until I did get that extra little bit uh, uh, of 
the fact that they did do a full dub recorded in Comanche. Uh, and that is something apparently that's never been done before. So the movie yeah, is actually cool. premiering. Uh, when they're doing the premiere of the film, it's actually going to be premiering with that particular language track. So I would imagine it's probably a pretty good dub. Like, I, I, I don't think it's like a, a half-assed, like, last-minute idea dub. So I, that really kind of sold me on this a little bit more than anything else. Because I think the trailer does look cool, aside from, I think, the, the there is a bit of dodgy CGI on that bear. Um, but other than that, uh, I do think it looks pretty, pretty good and fun. I just wasn't completely sold until I had a, a better idea that, you know, there are people uh, of Comanche descent who are like advising and they're being talked to. And like, you know, that's the kind of, well, that's always the fear, right? About like doing a, a project like this and you just you you just I was I just was just worried they were gonna make things up. So like I'm glad that they actually are like consulting people and they're actually going through the extra steps to not just be like slapping it and putting it out there. You know what I mean? It feels like Trackenberg wanted to make the movie originally in Comanche, and then Hulu was like, "Fuck, you're not doing that." You yeah, know what I mean? I'm, yeah. And well, so this is the compromise. That's yeah. kind of what it feels like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's true. I've read nothing that said that, but it just feels that way. Like he feels like a dude that would do that, right? Yeah. So, so I think that that knowing that extra information just kind of like assaged some of my worry about this film, yeah. and and will just allow me to just kind of take it in and like watch it as a film and not yeah. not be like constantly have that nagging feeling of like oh, did some white dude do some stupid stuff yeah. here? Like I don't know. <laughs> and if you don't know Dan Trachtenberg, like definitely go watch Ten Cloverfield Lane. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. yeah um, and his Portal fan film is oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah, that is so such a, good. I forgot that existed. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's um, amazing. It's so funny. I discovered. I remember. I he used to do this like YouTube review show, like with his friends called like the Totally Rad Show. I think it was like. Oh yeah, early, yeah. Early, yeah. early like YouTube mm-hmm. and like early like film reviewing people, and that's how I discovered him. So it is kind of interesting to see him like go on and and look at him through like a creative lens, and I am really excited for this. I think that. It seems like the Predator is, like, there's, like, a good balance of, like, not being, like, too in your face about it. It seems like they're kind of being subtle with how much he's being used. And what you do see, all of the Predator stuff looked practical still, which I was like, whoosh, right? Like, whoosh. We still got a practical Predator, Mm -hmm. and it looks like it is going to be pretty, pretty epic and action-packed. Because, again, when you... I think for some people, especially like older fans of Predator and Alien, there was a bit of trepidation having it go straight to Hulu. Or in Canada, yeah, it'll be it on straight, straight on Disney+. Plus. But it, straight to streaming is not straight to home video. Those markets are not the same. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. In in a post-COVID world, this is just going to be more and more common, right? Um, it does, it's not necessarily a reflection on the quality, just on what how much money they think it will make right yeah um, and, and, in the and, theater and with, in the theater you know right. and, and with these franchises both because both alien and predator are going to be straight to uh yeah. to, to, to hulu and and disney plus now uh, if you're outside of the states it is probably better for us that there are less eyes on it like there is less like there's less of a focus on making it applicable <sighs> yeah. for everyone and more just being able to give a little bit more free reign as far as what they do 
Because I think that seems to be the par for the course when Disney and Hulu are just doing original stuff. They know that they already have the pre-existing audience, so they're not as studio-heavy note-wise, I think. Yeah. Like, it just, they seem like they're more, I mean, like, actual movies. I don't mean to be rude, but I've seen a lot of Marvel movies, and I'm like, that wasn't a movie. That, that was a that, trailer. But that's <laughs> it, ladies and gentlemen. That's the future of cinema in the theater, it feels like, is Marvel, at least for the short term, is Marvel movies and military propaganda in the form of <laughs> well, new Top Gun well, movies. You know what I mean? They're, they're not, or they're or, not, or they're Mission Impossible. By the way, they're the same. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, they're different type. You know, they're not. They're not actually. Have you seen these? This footage of outside of fucking Top Gun, they just have Navy recruitment desks in America, right outside the theater. Oh no, I have not really. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And they did that for the original Top Gun as well. By the way, this is not a new. You know, oh, that not film a new is, thing, but, That yeah. film is. You know, even the original. Love Tony Scott. You know. Love him, but that movie is just straight military propaganda as well, you know? Brother um, of Ridley Scott, who yes, of course, of uh, course. directed Alien. Legend um, Tony Scott. Underrated yeah, yeah. Tony Scott. Le- Tony Scott's done a lot of great things, and, you know, one of these days we'll probably have a Tony Scott month just because we feel like it. Uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> love it. Why you know not? what I mean? <laughs> let's fucking, let's watch The Last Boy Scout, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'd love to watch The Last Boy Scout. <laughs> Anyways. So, yeah, needless to say, we are excited for Prey. I think it's going to be pretty good. We're not going to open up every episode with news, but, like, as we kind of go forward, if there's another trailer or something like that. Yeah, new alien stuff comes out, you know? Yeah, uh, things that are actually, like, worth talking about more in depth. But but as far as Prey goes, I'm cautiously optimistic about this. It looks like it's back to the roots of the original Predator in the sense it's, like, one or a couple people versus the Predator, and, you know, um, and we're not doing, we're not getting too big for our britches, you know? Yeah, and, because that was the issue with the Predator. I yeah. think the Predator was, oh, well, we'll, we'll eventually get into that one of, one of these days. And I think one of the, the problems with that movie is that that was a movie that had so many studio notes that it killed the production. They had to refilm huge swaths of that script. I believe and that. Like, it was it was one of those movies that was focus tested to hell and all of the stuff got changed and I think it would have been bad either way personally I don't I did I mm. don't see a lot of promise of that but it would have been a more like singular vision bad rather than being like studio garbage bad if you get my drift <laughs> yeah um I you know what. I don't think I've even seen The Predator, so when we get to that, we can um, talk about that, you know? Yeah, I had, yeah, um, and we will definitely have our, our friends. I saw Predators. On. I think that was where I stopped. Right. When when we cover The Predator, we'll have Sophie on, because that was... Uh, Sophie actually really likes that movie, so... Our friend oh, Sophie. cool, cool. <laughs> now, let's get on to the book. Alien Colony War. So this came out, actually, on Alien Day, which is... April 26th of 2022, when this episode is set, if you're listening to this in the future, just so you know. <laughs> but the audiobook, for whatever reason, got released on the 19th. I don't know why. I don't really understand how I think maybe someone just put it in the system wrong and they just didn't take it back and they said, oh, it's out there now. Because <laughs> the audiobook uh, made it out like a week before the book itself came out, <laughs> which was which was interesting. And um, I listened to the audiobook right away 
as soon as it because i was i was kind of anticipating this this is one of the ones that i was really kind of looking forward to and uh, we'll chat about it we'll chat about it <laughs> this is a book that is not doing overly well with some of the the bigger fans of the franchise it's kind of splitting people down the middle as far as what they think and uh, it'll be interesting to to talk about uh, before we actually get into the book itself, I want to talk about a little bit about <clears throat> continuity and continuity specifically for this mm-hmm. book. Because normally, and not always, but the alien literary space, aside from like a few book and its sequel, and then there's one trilogy in there, but for the most part, they are pretty standalone. Uh, as far as it goes, they they do a little bit of world building here and there, but they're not really super focused on continuity. And this is one of the books that really kind of changes that because this book is not only taking in uh, the, the books before it. So Alien into Charybdis, which is by Alex White and Alien the Cold Forge, which is also by Alex White. So Alex White is non-binary author. They wrote The Cold Forge in 2018, and then last year there was a sequel, Alien into Charybdis. Both of those are absolutely the best Alien books I've ever read. They they were well thought of both by just normal critics and also just the community at large. They were a big hit, and I think that those two books being as popular as they are and what Alex White kind of laid the groundwork for is why we are getting a continuation versus just continuing with the one-offs that they normally do. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, you've read none of the Expanding Universe. Oh, no, not at all. Um, So just to be clear, if this is the first episode of the show you're listening to, I know Alien, Aliens, like the back of my hand. I've seen those films countless times. I've seen Alien 3 a few times, right? I've seen Resurrection, you know, probably two, two or three times maybe. In the new film. So I basically uh, once each, probably. Uh, maybe I've seen Prometheus twice. But that's it. That's like as far as I go, right? So I've never read uh, an Alien book before this book. So this is my introduction to the literary universe of, you know, Alien. Perfect. So before we get into what it was like diving in here, I want to kind of talk about a little bit more about stuff that is now being kind of tied in. So the earliest thing that's being tied in is something from the Aliens Director's Cut. Now, if you've watched Aliens recently, you've probably watched sure. the Director's yeah. Cut. It is kind of the one that is just... It, it is one of those Director's Cuts that far and above is better than the theatrical. And the theatrical is still very good. It's just the, the Director's Cut adds a whole bunch of stuff uh, into the world and the universe. And essentially, in that director's cut, you get to see when Ellen Ripley asks about her daughter, she gets to right. see what happened to her daughter, and her daughter is dead. Uh, in in that, there is a retcon. We will be talking about that in, in a little bit. But, but as far as she knows, she's dead. Amanda Ripley is dead. Uh, and her name is Amanda McLaren. And that is where the surname comes in through this book now i believe chad mclaren is probably in the text a little bit like i think the name is mentioned somewhere i'm not a hundred percent sure but chad mclaren is one of the main characters of this book and there's a lot of references to uh, him and amanda and their relationship which hadn't really been talked that, about that happens in aliens I, the doctor this... comes in and says uh ripley chad's got your daughter 
She goes, no! And then the, there's the, like the chest burster, you know, nightmare scene. Oh, goodness. Now, uh, Amanda Ripley came back as a big character in the amazing video game Alien Isolation. And that is the best Alien game ever made, in my opinion. And there are a lot of good Alien games. So that's not me just talking out my boot talks. There are a lot of great Alien games, and I think Alien Isolation is the best. One of the nice things about that is that's basically a painstaking recreation of the retrofuturism of Alien specifically. So all of the tech and all the technology and how everything works is all kind of filtered around the look and the feel of the 1979 original film. So it's really, really fun to play in the modern age and like, you know, all of these things where like our own technology has actually moved past some points in the future technology that they are using. And everything's a lot more like physical and analog, specifically because that's how it was in in the original Alien. That was a hugely popular game. There has not been an official sequel. There was a game called Alien Blackout. Uh, which was kind of like a mobile game. And that was actually pretty pretty damn good, all things considered. But that kind of continued the Amanda Ripley story a little bit. And then, unfortunately, we have a series of comics. And I say, unfortunately, because I hate the comics. <laughs> so this is Aliens Defiance, Aliens Resistance, and Aliens Rescue. All three of these series were done by a gentleman named Brian Wood, Brian Wood did not survive Me Too. He's a bad person uh, and is a wow. sex pest. Let's just say if you're interested in that story, I, I would suggest you look it up. Uh, as such, we will never cover any of his books. I, one, I, I don't like them. Two, I don't want to give him any more like press and publication. But in Aliens Resistance is the very first time that Amanda Ripley kind of gets ro- woven in. Alien Def- Aliens Defiance uh, brings in Zula Hendrix's mm and davis so davis the ai dates back to this comic and davis in that version was just a normal ai he he would he didn't have like a a, an appearance of like a bishop it was more like it was an obvious robot but it was like a synthetic looking body and it was like a he was like he worked they had like robot soldiers that understood one of the things i don't like about those comics is that they kind of completely remove all of the retro futurist aspects of alien isolation and they do things that i think acts physically breaks the alien universe especially in alien resistance where they have things like davis going into like a nuclear bomb and like they have like these synths that are like way 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 too advanced even the idea of him being able to kind of transmit his his consciousness i think is something that we've never seen an alien before and i do think breaks the universe a little bit <laughs> uh the the first time we got any of that uh was in alien out of shadows which is a interquel between alien and aliens and that that one has spoiler a little spoiler alert uh, has Ash from the Nostromo like upload his consciousness to the Narcissus, and there's like an intercool based on that. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. It's, we'll get to that eventually. But that was the first time we ever saw like an a- AI getting past its host, and then it came in, up in uh, Alien Defiance. And Zula Hendrix is not in this book. She's mentioned a lot in this book, 
There is a great book called Alien Prototype, which features both Davis and Zula in it. And that is that's like a really, really good book. And that one has like an alien that's infected with necrosis. So if it kills you, you also, it's, it's got to, like, if, uh, if you like hit it or harm it in any ways, it like has acid blood, but also like <laughs> it just spreads necrosis. So people just start dissolving. It's very gruesome. It's very gruesome and it's very funny. Uh, and, and it's kind of mentioned here because they, in this book, they reference the fact that there are like sex synths that were like made. And the uh, um, and that does come a bit into play in uh, Alien Prototype. So mm. I thought that was kind of cool. We don't know. After Alien's rescue, Zula Hendricks, uh, we don't know what has happened to her yet. She's going to appear in a upcoming book, which is called Alien Inferno's Fall. And that one coming out July 26th of 2022. So that's next one in the series is we are going to find out what's kind of been happening with uh, I can't wait. Inferno. And Inferno's Fall also brings back uh, characters from Alien Echo, which is the YA novel, uh, which will be reviewed in a very interesting way in, in mm-hmm. the upcoming episode. Other things that you kind of need to know, things you don't really need to know, but I think are kind of important. The very first appearance of the UPP, which kind of is a big thing in this book as one of the various factions of... <laughs> of the alien sphere, like these political factions that are like in war. Uh, the UPP actually was introduced by William Gibson in the unproduced screenplay for Alien 3 and then just kind of got roped in through the RPG. Now, the Alien RPG, which good thing I kind of into that because that one is where you can get all the information about what the heck the Black Bombers are, which are kind of casually dropped into this story in a way that like isn't really explained too much you just kind of get the idea that there's like colony bombers happening it's weird that we're getting stories focused on mentioning that because even in the rpg uh they don't tell you who they are you're supposed to make yourself make a decision on your own as a dm which to me makes it go like uh <laughs> why are we sure. anyways okay that's interesting that we're bringing this into canon canon that is kind of like you don't really need to know that but it is kind of uh, a good way to kind of get an idea of what's going on in the alien universe as a whole and the alien rpg which has a little there is a scenario like a cinematic scenario from that rpg at the end of the print version of this book that is a different story, though, so we're not going to cover it here. We're just going to be reviewing the book. And it's important to note, though, that the timeline where this takes place is affected by the fact that the Alien RPG is set in 2183. And that means that when they're, they are talking about <laughs> what time frame this comes in, McLaren specifically uh, tells share that it is about 60 years ago when the Nostromo event happened. So that timeline is kind of now the, until it gets reckoned, is the timeline that people are kind of going off to uh, as they kind of discussed. I know that's a lot. I know that's a lot. Jason, did you need any of that? Did no, not really. You, not... Did you kind of get what was going on? Yeah, that? I mean, I kind of got what was going on because... 
like characters in this book just state their intentions out loud anyways and the things that have happened exposition is just kind of exposition dumps are ongoing you know even during moments of action like you know the um davis is like in dog form being like i love this this person and i'm also an ai and isn't that crazy what can make me a human what is a human and there's like aliens eating people so that's so you know no i, I really um I've seen, I've seen Director's Cut of Aliens many times, so I was definitely aware of Ripley's daughter. I wasn't aware that, you know, she married a dude named Chad, but I guess that was on a screen somewhere. Um, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, he mentions that, like, a hundred times, too, right? Like, you know, these, these, for the most part, like, people just state their intentions aloud in this book. Um, it's not a subtle book at all. So no, it wasn't hard to follow. You know, I, I'm not surprised to hear, you know, I, some of the details were definitely missing for me, but nothing instrumental as far as I could tell. Right. No, that's good. That's good to know. Because again, in a lot of ways, probably to the detriment of this book, by the way, like it probably would have been better off if it didn't do those things. Yes. That, that... So that, this is one of the, the main things I want to talk about this book before we kind of get into what we liked and what we disliked. I think that this book is trying to kind of tell its own story. And I feel like it kind of is bogged down by this continuity. I don't feel like in these characters that have to be what they were basically given like it feels to me like the writer was given these characters and was told hey you can tell whatever you can tell the story you want but you have to use these characters and, and it kind of like shackles them to to this and i think especially like the fact that we are bringing in because like alien the cold forge and aliens into charybdis are very much their own stories are like not really connected to everything else. And the fact that we're bringing in like the Zula and the Davis and the, like the more sillier elements into the same world that into Charybdis and the cold forge set up kind of like, again, kind of shackles it <laughs> and then it doesn't let it be as free as it wants to be because I don't know. I don't, I'm curious as to some of the decisions if they would have been made the same way had they not been shackled by the continuity. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny because um, it feels like the movies are going in a completely different direction. Well, they are, 100%. 100%. Because, like, the, I mean? the, the, the newest movie is, is supposed to just be a one-off. Like, the yeah. new movie just... Yeah, you know, a fucking, you know, uh, uh, Ridley Scott's, like, you know, uh, Fastbender's just going to make out for a while. That's what's going to happen in this movie with himself. <laughs> you know? Yes, we're not, yes. we're not, you know, we're not doing AI dogs. We're fucking, you know... Well... See, the thing that's very funny to me is that, like, this book specifically is just in general from the very start is, like, more kind to AI than any oh, other yes. thing yes. ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's it feels like about Davis is that he's kind of universe-breaking because he's not an asshole. He's an AI that's not evil, right? Ridley Scott is obsessed with fucking AI being dog shit. You know what I mean? Well, he, this, he, this was a dog who could shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, he even made a whole separate show that was about that as well, on top of it. <laughs> right. Raised by Wolves, if you've seen that show, which is just him making also also making a, a, a show about how AI will just destroy people. You know? 100%. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I just, you know, he, he just seems to be obsessed with um, weird, milky AI being 
nefarious, oh, you know? Yeah. Um, whenever also, he's involved, to, to, right? To Even, be fair, I, I guess I was like discounting Bishop. Bishop is like a nice Yeah, but Bishop's guy. not Ridley Scott. So James Cameron yeah. comes in and is like, well, no, they can be nice too. And Ridley Scott's like <laughs> fucking disgusting AI. I, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I think uh, I, I like I like Bishop. I think, but Bishop is not done. With of course, the, like Bishop is still like seems to be like in the alien universe. Davis seems to be like outside. Like he just his the way his AI is, the way he talks. Okay, like, so let's not. start with this. I hate the idea of this fucking dog AI. Period. I know you think it's cute, but a dog shrugging, a dog looking <laughs> pensive, that is more horrifying to me than a fucking. Uh, xenomorph that's okay okay horrific that's fair, that's fair. if we'll a dog looked to, at me we'll and shrugged soon. i would shoot it directly in the face okay and i'm an animal lover all right because that's okay. not a dog that's violence right? that's violence hey, against I, you get AI old yellered animals? you start shrugging you get old yellered <laughs> in this house okay? uh, but regardless to say regardless if you like it or you don't like it it feels out of place and alien personally that's my opinion the other things that uh, I think is probably good to talk about as far as just like talking about it in the context of the alien universe, I think there could or should have been another edit on this because they, the David Barnett does not understand what pulse rifles are. And it was very distracting to me because they have like lasers and like they have like charges and they're like doing like laser sprays. And I'm like, uh, we don't have lasers in the alien universe. <laughs> Pulse rifles are like, they're just, they're pissed. Like, they're like, yeah. I'm not a big gun guy, but like, I'm still, I, it was still distracting when it's like the pulse rifle blast and like leaving like a laser holes and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, oh God, they're just bullets. They're just, they're not that fancy. <laughs> like, so it was kind of like, now, uh, to be fair, like, you know, there are, like, consultants. I just think that they didn't consult anyone on this one. Like, I think what happened is he just read, like, Pulse Rifles, and he was like, oh, yeah, just the Lazy Rifles. This is sci-fi. Like, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't that didn't distract me because, like, for all I knew, that shit was introduced in a book before. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was right, like, okay, right. well, you know, maybe. I think it's some of, the, like, the more wilder comics, I believe. Like, Dark yeah, Horse, so... maybe there's some laser stuff. But, like, normally there's no lasers. Yeah. Yeah, so like, uh, so there is a lot about this book that bothered me. The continuity stuff, how it fits into the alien universe. This is probably going to be a theme. I just don't really give a shit that much about. Um, that's not my major problem. That's with fine. This book. That's fine. I just you know? thought it would good to talk about before we move on. Oh, to the sure, next sure, section. sure, sure. Yeah, I'm just, um, I just want to make that clear. I that. have, a, I had a lot of uh, opinions on that. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to say, and I want to start by saying. I know how horrifically difficult it is to write one page of a book. Do you know what I mean? Like it is yeah. hard so gonna... work. So I don't want to shit on David Barnett. Um, no, but I and, do. And David Barnett is a journalist, right? So like, he... I'm sure he's a great guy, right? Well, but I, and, I am going to tear I... this fucking book apart. And if you are one of those people that hates this, um, because of the continuity issues, I also hate this just for different reasons. Okay, that's cool. But guess what? We're, I don't hate this. We're, we're going to relax, okay. and we're going to start with, what did you like? What did you like? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to step gonna that start... back. I, I, I didn't hate this, all right? That was, I, a, very, that was a little harsh. That's um, fair. That's fair. I for, for me, it was like, I. it's hard because I find it charming. Like, I do find it's fun. It's easy read. It's charming. It's breezy. It's, easy, it's super easy and breezy to read, uh, and, I, and I, it was very readable. 
Um, I, I'm just very mixed on it. Yeah. So one thing I loved about this is I actually think the description of the xenomorphs in this book are kind of badass. Like, I think there's some good visual writing about the way that the xenomorphs look, you know, the, the, just the, you know, creative way they're described. They feel like a horrific threat that they, as they should. Right. And, and I think it's, I think that part's really well done. So I'm going to start with that. Yeah, I do think that the one of the one of the strengths in this book is like the action set pieces because I I do think the yes. action in this is pretty good and pretty enjoyable and and I was really kind of like imagining it all in my head and it all like really fit and was like fun to like hear about. So I think that the set pieces specifically I do think work pretty well. One of the other things that I do like about this a lot is I love when Barnett is going off of his journalistic roots and like doing fake like Guardian articles and like doing fake articles and stuff like that and like what what would the Sun say about this what would the <laughs> what would the Times say about this and like making like fake op eds about things that are happening in in the world I thought that was very fun and I think that works. And I think that was something that we don't get a lot in the Alien universe. You don't really get much of an understanding about what the larger media landscape in general is like. So I I thought that was pretty good. Did you not like that? Um, I, so I think the introduction of... I mean, because you have this idea of a corporatocracy, right, in Alien. That's what it is, right? It's a, a world that's late-stage capitalism, right? right. To, yeah. uh, to a uh, malignant degree that the world is falling apart because of it, um, which is true, which is the world we're living in now um, as well. But, like, uh, there's the, this, is, this idea in this book, which is... There's this fourth estate idea in this book, I think, right? Which right. is that... Um, which is common, right, with the idea that journalism, you know, shining the light, light is the greatest disinfectant kind of thing. I don't think it's carried out to the degree it needed to be carried out. I don't think that, that you, he ever puts the period on that sentence. Right. He he introduces that idea, which is an interesting angle, so I agree with that. I think it's a good angle for a world, you know what I mean, um, that is completely bought and sold a a journalist of integrity is a good centerpiece for a story in this world i don't think it's effectively carried out and we'll i'll get to that point when i get to the other half yeah that's fair because it is still kind of open-ended as to whether or not anything happens with that which is um, right which you have you have to right you know maybe maybe the intention is to carry that out in a a book that he never is going to get to write now or whatever but like uh yeah i mean you're uh, we'll get to that (laughs) that's fair another thing that i do enjoy about this is that we do see cultures that are not america (laughs) which i just think is is, yeah but they're british well we also get the french colony this book is very fucking british this book is Hella fucking British. Hella fucking British. I I was eating beans and toast and reading this fucking shit, and I was like, oh, God. One of the things about it being British that I do enjoy is that this is very much a book that is about the colonial history of Britain. Is it implemented perfectly? We can have that discussion. But I do think that there are ideas, and he wants to kind of, like, address 
the the history of, of Britain as a colonial power in in some interesting ways. I enjoy that there yeah. is a lot of talk about everything being politics. I thought that was a, I enjoyed that chapter when we first of course kind of Me, yeah to, that's to, yeah. to shy. Um, no, sorry, Cher. Shy is her sister <laughs> in Alien Cryptus. Cher. And I I liked that that introduction and talking about how, like, everyone complains about making things political, but everything is politics. Let's get over that fact and just keep talking. I do think, though, that does kind of go in some bad places as well, because I think that the introduction of a boris <laughs> ripoff does kind of backfire in making this book anything other than a piece of its own time um you know what i'm saying like it's it doesn't make it timeless it makes it very it makes it a very timely story uh in some ways <laughs> because like like referencing things like brexit and stuff like that like it it doesn't it that is something that other alien properties as we get to it whether we're reading it from 2000s or reading from the 1990s the 80s whenever it is because it's not so focused on the then and now and they're trying to do things a little bit more like you know subtly (laughs) because this book is not subtle (laughs) uh it it makes it more timeless so this is a very timely book in that regard so uh, okay I like the French colony. I like the kind of details about like the French colonists. Uh, I like that we do get the, these different characters from these different walks of life uh, and from different <laughs> perspectives. Um, one of the other things I absolutely love, I love when the colonial Marines are the villains. I love it. I love it. Uh, and they do some really fun stuff with that. Uh, <laughs> Again, I know there's some complaints you have about that as well, Jason, but <laughs> going and just talking about things I like. Is there anything else that you thought you liked? I mean, really, um, I think we covered it. It's easy to read. It goes by fast. Um, there's some of the descriptions, the amorphs are good. Some of the, so I agree that some of the fighting, the fighting sepia with the action, the description of the action is really good. Um, he does some really slop. There's some sloppy stuff in there, though, that throws it off a little bit. Some, you know, exposition that's jammed in the middle of those. But when the action is going on, it's good. Yeah. I mean, I think that right. that's good. That's fine. I, I, that's oh, but just before we go on and let and just let you off the hook and just un- unleash you, uh, I also want to say I'm glad that this is a book about something. All the characters have arcs. Uh, again, whether or not you like the arcs is one thing, but I do think that... The... I actually argue that the main character doesn't have an actual arc except surviving. Well, right, Chad is not... No, no, I, I was talking about Cher, actually. What? Cher has an arc? She What's is her like, arc? She survives. She's... No, she's just like, you know, she didn't do... She was crippled by an action of her past oh, and it was her like God. getting over like that uh, was so trauma. heavy hit. she how well, does she get over that, that trauma though exactly she pulls she the just... trigger i don't know like, yeah it's, like... it's very like her Look, arc should heavy. be taking the brave step to exposing what happens if that's what it is but that never happens that's my biggest that, that's not my biggest gripe it, it's among my biggest gripes is that what you set up, you don't pay off. The whole, okay. the whole, the whole reason for her going is just washed away. 
at the end of Well, this. she does know why her sister died now. Well, great. But that's not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I guess. She knew why. He told her at the, in the first three minutes. She just didn't believe it. Right? Right, right. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I do still think, like, they're at least trying to do something. Look, look. I This is coming from somebody who's read everything. <laughs> so, not everything, but, like, more, like, so my experience of, like, talking about this, I'm probably talking about this more as a alien book <laughs> when I'm talking about some of those things rather than as, like, a universe book. Because there sure. are some great books in this series uh, and a lot of books that are that are good – but don't do anything more than just being like really good horror or really good action. And don't that's like... totally fine. But this is setting out to do something else. Though. Yeah. And, and I think that's... that for the most part, it works. Yeah. I, I thought it was sad. I thought there was the sacrifice at the end and <sighs> I was kind of sad about that. Uh, I liked, I liked the characters. <laughs> I don't think you do. I'm going to unleash you now. What did you <laughs> like about this book? Yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned the timeliness. I actually think that's a huge problem of this book um, because yeah. it is just I, I think it's a huge problem. Like we're doing this, you know, Brexit thing, right? We're doing this Boris Johnson thing with, you know, where he looks ex the, the leader of the, these colonies looks exactly like Boris Johnson. And they keep talking about the most dangerous person is the person that looks like they don't know what they're doing or foolish. Right. Um, so there's all these things that just keep bringing you back into Brexit, right? But I think that does a disservice to the alien world, which is really about the damage of unmitigated corporate rule, right? I, I think I, I think well, really yes, but this I is a real like... fucking lib book. Do you know what I mean? It, I, I, and we're I, all liberals here. I'm, I'm not. Just... I'm what? A, no, what? I'm not. Um, what? I'm not. A, I'm a socialist. So that's completely different. Um, you know, fair, fair. <laughs> it's completely different. You're and, on the you UPP know, side. I get it. Yeah, I, I would the, definitely that's be. That's the union of progressive peoples. Yeah. So, and, you know, I, I before anyone listening, you know, we have to talk about politics. So we're talking about the alien world, I think. Right? Everything's we politics, man. Everything is political. This book says everything's in, politics. Which is actually, um, you know, a very, you know, common thing that socialists say, right? Everything is political. There's a political agency behind everything. And that's very true, right? As a journalist, right, he is saying that journalism can save, um, save Britain, essentially, right? But in, in a world that's run by corporations, the corporations own all the fucking media outlets, where are you going with this? So that should be like the period at the end of this is like she tries to do that but gets shut down again or whatever. Do you know what I mean? That the corp right. or she goes to, you know, um a independent journal, right? Or she decides she needs to do that or blah like that's a great evolution of that character. You know, that's a good evolution of that character's everything she's learned about what her sister fought for and um strived for and she now believes she believes in the monsters she takes her political you know acumen and um journalistic integrity and she strikes forward a new path do you know what i mean right. that's you know against all odds that's bravery right the fifth estate if you will is the common term for you know what happened with independent journalism now that's a more interesting that's a more interesting take on things now versus just making a character of, 
you know, Brexit that well, doesn't really it's more work. like a caricature. Yeah, not, it doesn't really work, though, either. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it just doesn't work, really. Like, you're saying this is like Brexit, but how is this like Brexit at all? Where's, you know, if you want to do that, you have to really nail that down to, like, immigration and all the racism, right? And, yes, you brought up the colonization of British people, but it's really half-baked, you know? It's right. not really well thought out. And, and I feel like... I, and I don't know. I don't know whether he had all of these grand ideas that, you know, his editor's like, no, this is an alien book, dude. Like, no. You well, know what I mean? Uh, I no, have no but, idea. Well, we don't know the, what happens behind well, the scenes. Well, but here's the no. thing, though, is the Titan, the Titan, the editors and the publishers of Titan have time and time again proven that they let people tell their stories because a Alien the Cold Forge and Alien into Charybdis, uh, sorry, Aliens into Charybdis talk about things like there in aliens intercorrupt just takes place on like an iranian uh like colony so like they they go into places where they they're talking about political things they're talking about religion they are talking about sexuality they are allowed to tackle what they want to tackle so okay. i i would be very surprised to hear if yeah. there were any editorial backlash towards anything okay towards so we're just gonna put it squarely on his shoulders then that's fine um I, i'm just gonna say i'm just saying like um I, I was just saying i didn't know you know where that that comes in you know what i mean no but, like, no no that's I, fair that's a good question to ask right especially when you're going into like into an expanding universe of a program yeah. uh of any property how much are they shackled by the property and the editors and the what this brand is supposed to be right mm. as far as i can tell alien fans uh and and just alien uh properties in general they they allow them to kind of do their thing that they need to do yeah well i mean so i would say then you know this is just all un, uh, you know underbaked like you had to you need like a couple more drafts on this or like world building you know yeah because um, like one of the one of the problems is like the all of these different uh, factions in alien war like uh, the three world empire the united americas you know all of these different the independent core system uh, the icc um, the icc the upp we don't actually know that much about them especially not in this book and also like other than a little bit in the uh like a little bit in the setup of the alien rpg when the alien rpg was written they like outlined all of these things but like mm. they didn't go into detail detail it's just like hey here's the world here are different political factions here's sure. where their main space pace systems are and like all of that stuff and like how they get how they got started and stuff like that but like just coming in even having read that you don't know that much about any of these political uh right uh, bodies and you don't really understand the schism so the big schism um is 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 easier to understand if you've read aliens into charybdis because aliens into charybdis is like 100 percent like about war crimes uh and is basically like under the command of whaling yutani the united states uh, the the military came into this iranian platform uh and murdered all the citizens um so that they could retake it uh, as like uh, a property for them uh and that they could get more access and take all of the stuff that they want from this colony and it's all about war crimes and then that gets out 
through a journalist. Uh, so like a journalist breaks the story and then there's like a big thing. And like the, that's the ICC is the, is the ones who had the Iranian uh, community. And then that is why there is like a schism between them and the United Americas brought up in this book. But still, you don't know that much. Like it works super well in the Cold Forge and into Charybdis because like those are really, really good books and we'll get to them. <laughs> but um, I can't wait. It doesn't work here because you don't know. Like Al- New Albion is just talking about Britain of the past. Like we don't really understand what it is. But it's not. But but here's the thing too, right? It's not Britain of the past because it doesn't have. It doesn't wield the political and militaristic right. power that the Empire of Britain did, right? right. That the danger of Britain isn't <laughs> that it might strike out on its own. The danger of Britain is that it imposes its will politically and militaristically on everyone around them and robs and rapes cultures, right? Yes, historically. So, so you know, you're talking about this little colony who who's hopes to be Britain but hasn't built Big Ben and just has a trench that's ev- eventually going to be the Thames or whatever it is, right? But it hasn't fulfilled that. It's a wannabe Britain, right? Which could have its own interesting story. But when you're then just making a parallels to modern day Britain, you've robbed yourself of those story elements that could be interesting because you're just making right. a parody. You know, you're fucking writing Doonesbury. You know what well, I mean? And here's the thing. Um, a lot of this book is a parody. Like, it feels like a lot of this book is like parodying both like. Alien Which is fine, but lean into Which it. If is... you do that, do it. Yes. You know what I mean? You should do that. You should lean in and do that. Also, like, you shouldn't, you should just be able to do like it should be a one off then. Like it yeah, be, yeah. you should have more freedom to do what you want. Yeah. Essentially and not have to take in all these pre existing characters. Because like now we live in a world where like other serious writers will have to deal with the fact that New <laughs> Albion is a thing because of like I'm sure they're just gonna ignore this shit. Right. Like they're gonna ignore this ever happens. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean they're still uh, referencing comics that were released ages ago and no yeah. longer are in print, right? Like yeah. that's uh, I have a question for you. I have an answer for you. Uh, I I hope so. So I'm learning a whole lot at the beginning of this book about like pissing and fucking cryo sleep and like how guys oh, get I cryo would. wood in the morning. Uh, is this yeah. like a thing that's invented for this? For, this first of a, all, this, why are we it, talking about pissing in the cryo pod? Like, I don't want to have to think about that. I don't want to think about like, oh, Ripley was in that fucking cryo thing and that cat was just pissing all over her. And then it was like, getting, you know what I mean? But that's what this book is making me think about. This book, <laughs> you know what I mean? Jonesy is just taking giant dumps on Ripley. And I have to think about it because I just read this fucking book, you know, yeah, leave it alone. Why do we need to go down that road? Yeah. Also, I do not understand cryo wood because like you're, you're like the whole point of like cryo sleep is that you're all asleep. Like all of you is like put under, right? Like it's not like sleeping. It's like you're put under. It's like a coma. Yeah, essentially, essentially. Right. So that was that was strange. Uh, <laughs> also, by the way, the only reference to your cat in this is like a horrible flashback of one of the Marines torturing a live cat. Oh my god! I wrote to the. Let me. Dear listeners, let me read this to you. Um, I wrote this down. 
His mom wanted him to be a veterinarian when he was at school in Miami. Until that day, she caught him dissecting the neighbor's cat while it was still alive. He did love most animals, though. He'd only sliced that cat up because he wanted to see how it worked. That's why he was so pissed that somebody had killed Barrington. I Barrington, what? That the, character doesn't make any fucking sense. Barrington's the rat he had just found. Yes. So, like, that's why... He, wait a minute. Do you need a backstory for why he'd be pissed about somebody killing his pet? That includes what, that, him dissecting what, a that, cat? That's what, outrageous. Sure. You don't need that, that, little, that little thing. <laughs> uh, two... All like it, it, that is like they set him up as like a little serial killer, and <laughs> they go, "Oh, but he loves pets now." And you're like, "That's not how serial killers work." Oh, he my just man. wanted to like, know how it worked. Yes, that's called a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like he wouldn't be nice to that animal. Like I that's not how it. that character. You set that character up, but I'm like, little Ted Bundy is not adopting mice. Like that's not how that works. Okay. Oh like, God, I don't understand. We, okay, okay, we talked about the mouse. What the fuck? How the fuck did the mouse get infected with the alien? Okay, okay, like, okay. So Utah, I, I, lo- I don't actually have a problem with the Marines. I thought the Marines were really funny. I thought there was this I, dude I that's saying, that. like, gov every five minutes and <laughs> oh, talking so about, wait a minute, oh, the most annoying thing in this book, well, the <laughs> second most annoying thing, I'll get to the first in a minute, is that character who's continually referring to himself as the protagonist in a movie. <laughs> Every time he has a fucking a piece of dialogue, he's like I'm the I'm the protagonist of this movie. Like obviously you're gonna get killed. Like this is like okay, but I do love his death <sighs> where like he's like you're not leaving us here is basically murder. And the guy's like no, that's not murder. <laughs> this is. And Come then they your... get taken out by a xenomorph fucking mouse or rat, <sighs> which has to be the size of a fucking Snickers. It's right? referenced to be the size of a cat because they find it's like shedded. I guess. I guess the regular xenomorphs get bigger than people, so I guess that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess guess it makes sense, but also, like, the way that the, like, okay, so in other, like, they have done, like, weird things with rats in these books before, but... I uh, love the idea of xenomorphs, like, coming from, you know, the, the, and I know this wasn't introduced, I'm sorry to me to cut you off, but I just want to throw something else in that I liked. I love the idea of the xenomorphs changing the DNA based on the person, yeah, and the like idea the of protecting, right, right, and, and I love the um, idea of that dude just fucking calling the queen his, his mother queen. I fucking hated that, <laughs> he's to the fucking God queen. save the queen or whatever. The, what one? The audiobook is amazing because the audiobook grand narrator actually sings. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> the, this is what we mean, listener, when we're talking about the, parody. Like this, uh, that. I mean, the, the like. If you imagine a movie of a, like you know a British guy like in the high singing fucking to the queen, God save the queen, to the fucking God, xenomorph queen, God save is great. the xenomorph queen. Uh, yeah, it, it, that is fucking great, great. But like, it doesn't work in this book where you're like trying to uh, do other things. The problem is like the tones like conflict because like yes, yeah. you're trying to tell like semi serious character arcs with some of these, and like people are still dying horribly, mm. and then we also have a dude singing God save the. Queen. What's also interesting is that the queen um, dies in this book just like the queen has died in real life. Yeah, going into a fusion core and fusion reactor. <laughs> uh, oh, God, one? I wish she would do that with Prince Philip. <laughs> <sighs> Go ahead. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite the day on the news when she kind of went into the nuclear reactor. 
another way this book doesn't age well. Referencing real life events. And the real queen has also eaten people's faces, so that's... (laughs) Go ahead, sorry. Uh, I have a thing to talk about with the queen uh, in a a second, but I want to briefly talk about the rat. So the rat, I don't get how the rat was, like, impregnated. Because we don't, like... Because the freaking... I mean, the way I, that the face suckers are like huge. So in other books, they've done it where like if anything happens, weird things happen to rats or weird mutations happen. They've been using the black goo as a mutation. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. That makes that sense. Is, or scientists yeah. messing with them probably. Or you science know I mean? message yeah. with them or something yeah. like that. Or that makes like sense. Just, and it being the fact of like there was multiple rats in this story because like they saw different rats and then only one rat was infected and became like a xenomorph. Okay. But like how and when and why and like why was that rat infected for so long like like you oh don't my get, god i don't it just I, happens like that just happens where it's like oh and we have to have a rat because you could have just had like a little chestburster sneak in and then like it recently got out and then like slithers and like it's still small sure. so it does yeah. that so that would have worked fine too like that it just it it was just random i feel like yeah it was really weird i would i now random. want is a Rats of Nim-esque story where one of them's infected with a face hugger. <laughs> Timmy is like, Timmy's got a, Timmy's got a face hugger on him. Can we save him before we Full on, the... like, crossover Red Wall and the... Yeah. And oh, yeah. And, like, yeah. <laughs> the Red Wall rats are, like, fighting an alien invasion. Fuck I'd yeah. Hell of down. Uh, you know, hey, hire us. We'll write this book. <laughs> There won't be any fucking AI dogs. <laughs> oh, God. Or um, little girl AI is calling herself Pinocchio. I wanted to jump off the roof of my house. I had a question about the AI girl. It seems like when we're first introduced to her that she is eating the rations. The woman, is she feeding the rations, which she doesn't have much of, to the little girl as well? Holy shit. Because, because like they 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 have that little game of like, oh, what are we eating tonight? Ah, uh, elephants. You've uh-huh. blown this whole book wide and, open. You and got I'm just it. Like, I, but I'm just like, uh, excuse me, excuse me, sir. Um, she she knows she's a robot. Why would she feed <laughs> feed her food that she needs to not die? <laughs> I don't know. Don't we see? I don't know. Do do we do we ever see AI eat in? Alien universe. I know that Ash uh, drinks that milk the whole first fucking movie, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's milk. That's different, okay. Um, uh, I don't think I don't. Bishop, think Bishop there's no. a whole bunch of scenes around the dinner table, but I can't remember if he actually. Yeah, eats but I don't, or I don't just think doing the eating, knife thing right? with you know. Yeah, um, I don't believe so because it just well because regardless, they don't need to eat. We are never right. like, established that they need to eat, so okay. it's just. It seems very yeah. fucking weird. Yeah, and you told the rations you have, and it's only the two of them at that point, right? You're not yeah, even trying yeah, to hide she, it. Yeah, she's not hiding from uh, nobody other than the xenomorphs, which just took the day off and just didn't hunt her, I guess. <laughs> um, and also, why wouldn't the xenomorphs... The xenomorphs have shown they will rip AI to pieces. So why do they just look at them confused and walk away? That's not... It's not like the first time a xenomorph is running in the alien universe into a synthetic... Do you know well, what no. I mean? No, no. Uh, well, th- so it basically how it how it seems like in the alien universe, how like continuity based how it works 
is that the aliens leave the AI alone unless they're actively getting in their way. Um, so if they're like harming or like okay. getting in their way okay. or being annoying, but I still think like had it had the little girl in its grasp, it probably would have just ripped her apart, right? I yeah, think, I think that yeah. would just happen. It would be like, yeah, I mean, I guess Bishop is like, technically getting in the way where he gets fucked up by yeah. the queen, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I know I threw you off with a whole bunch of stuff, and we're kind of all over the place. But there's just so much I want to talk about this book. That's nuts. Another thing that I just flat out hated is I cannot believe they did this retcon where Amanda Ripley is still alive, and she's just in cryo sleep somewhere. The fuck? It's so dumb. She should just be dead. Let characters die. She should just be dead. Like. Now, we don't know what age she is, so is she in her 70s in a cryotube waiting for them to cure cancer, and then she's got, what, another 10, 20 years? Like, what are you doing with an elderly Amanda Ripley? Did she go when she was, like, in her mid-30s? We don't really know. We have no idea. That, so, yeah, that really fucks also with the timeline for me, because I didn't really get that, so maybe this is something you can explain to me. So does that mean Chad's like seventy? Like I don't understand. Like well, he's just aging, right? Yeah. Well, so here's so, the thing with the cryo. Like sometimes they like, there's like doing some wonky timeline stuff with characters, right? Because like Davis and like Zula, that all and Amanda, like all of that stuff starts pre, like aliens. So like in between, yeah, of course, alien yeah. and aliens, and then they're all way past here, which is like years and years and years and like they are supposed to be from what we know is they're supposed to be like in their 70s like all these characters should be like getting pension um so i think what they're doing is like they're doing a lot of wonky stuff with like being in cryo sleep like i think characters just if they're traveling a lot and they're in cryo sleep you don't age as much in cryo yeah and they bring up a bunch in this book about like how some people are against that like um and how some people may be just using it to extend their life or whatever you know what i mean right yeah um which i think is interesting right yeah it just um, it just gets kind of wonky when you try to figure out what's the age difference between amanda and chad because again like even when we had that flashback between them on feet on fucking the planet where they're drinking um we don't know how old they are during that we also really don't know how old chad is really he's meant right. he's mentioned to look kind of youngish though because he's like he does a, he does a lot of things where i'm like i mean i couldn't do half the things he does but like i don't i definitely don't think anyone over 40 could i certainly can't you know yeah and you're as old as <laughs> Zula Hendricks. I'm as old as Amanda Ripley. Yeah, exactly. I have to get you out of a cryo team every time we want to record a podcast. I'm, yeah. Yep. I go into my cryo tube directly after each recording of this. And I just like, yeah. I'll just like open up the cryo tube briefly, throw a book in there and like close it in. And then you like. <laughs> yep. That's, that's, you know, they don't want to know how the sausage is made. No, but, you're right. You know, you're now right. you know. <laughs> Dear listener, here's the twist. Here's my twist, right? Kind of all the batshit stuff kind of makes it worth reading. <laughs> it was fun. Like, I, I, like I it kind regret. of is like, kind I, of fun. It's real it's dumb. Because, like, I, it, it is dumb. I found, again, it's really hard to, like, preface how important just being super readable and easy to read is uh, because this book was, and that, like, gives it a whole bunch of, like, points in its favor, right? Like, is just super easy and simple to read. And, like, you got to respect that. Uh, and a lot of books aren't. 
So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a breezy yeah. read. Uh, it's short. And, and uh, yeah, it's short. There was enough enjoyment of it. Uh, oh, I have to know, Jason. I have to know. What did you think of God's Hammer? And oh my god! Well, I don't. Like... I guess that my confusion was: what are they really trying to say? What is he trying to say? Like, I don't. I have okay. I, that's a good point I, because I have no fucking idea. Yeah. Because at first I'm like, oh, he's bad. Oh, he's good. good. Oh, he's, he's bad. bad. But no, he's oh, kind of good. Following. Yeah. Oh, he's just and like it got to the point where I'm like, okay, he's just a character now and not a caricature. So what? What is happening? Yeah, I don't. So the, like... it's the, you know for for those who haven't read the book, it's it's these. You know, former and correct me if I'm wrong because I'm really going off memory here. Um, they're third world empire. Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so but they're converted, right? So they've sort of converted to being um, protectors of the colony, but they're also religious zealots, Christian, like to the point yeah, well, that they're like flying in a crucifix formation. And they're praying, right? They're like, "Our Father who art in heaven," while they're shooting. The the, the, the the commentary on religion in this book is so varied and like confused i couldn't tell where he stood because early on they're talking about like when the first colony first like got attacked by the aliens like the the french colony and like one priest was like oh you're just god's creatures and you're our friends and then it ends with and then his face got ripped off and i was like oh okay so religious stupid oh no okay religions others okay what are you trying to say yeah and what are you trying to say about religion i don't know and there's also this like we're playing god the most unscientific of games i'm like is that actually true i don't think that that's (laughs) a true thing that it's not how's that unscientific to quote-unquote play god right like science and god have really nothing to do with each other like I, you know what i mean i'm not yeah. i'm not even making like a, an atheistic statement i'm just saying playing god isn't unscientific like objectively frankenstein is like the first science fiction story in a lot of ways and how do you define what, i mean and how do you define playing god anyways right like to um neanderthals making fire is playing God, right? Like where, where do you draw the line of what playing God is quote unquote? Right. So, right. So yeah. it, that's really just I did a, like the firefight with them. Like I, I again, yeah, the action was fine. Practices. It just is very, yeah, I thought it was fine. it's very, um, what he's trying to say with those characters is cryptic at best. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just couldn't get, couldn't get a good grasp of that. In a book and that then, is plainly stated. Everything is political. You can't not, politicize that you know yeah and i was trying i really was trying to figure it out because again talking about aliens into charybdis there is a lot about talking about like christianity and like just like muslim colonists on uh, on the iranian station and like religion is a very central part of that book and like talking about it and like clear cut and like actually saying something (laughs) and like there's like a point to it and to this i'm just like ah okay (laughs) you're like oh in a world of the corporate you can like the only other way to win win people is through religion but then all of religious is corporate anyways like so i don't understand well i thought they were go he was going with like because they introduced that group as like he only picks people who are religious because they're the ones that are willing to sacrifice themselves so i thought they were going for like a um, a, he was going for a slant. Again, this book 
basically starts with everything is political, plainly stated in the text. So I thought he was going for like sort of a criticism of that, like if you're giving up, right. you know, opiate of the masses type of thing. But it, it that's definitely not it, right? Like that's de that's definitely not where this goes, and it really goes nowhere. Sort of like everything in this book, you know? Right. Oh, also, the twist that the girl is a synthetic, I knew so fucking early on. I was just like, this is drawing out for too long. They've drawn it out for too long. Mm -hmm. And they just keep drawing it out. Oh, yeah, they keep bringing it up, too. Like, get it, there's something else going on here. Oh, what's going on? I'm like, I know it, she's a robot lady. Well, they try to make it seem like maybe she's infected. She's infected, but I was like, no, the time. Like, to me, I was like, eh, the time difference doesn't work. Like, she's been on and alone for too long to not, like, the way that it works. Like, the timeline, I'm not convinced because of how the timeline of that works because they were alone for at least a few days the colony fell in a few days and if anything she would have been one of the first people infected so it wouldn't make any sense for her to still be like alive and fine so i was just like no she's a robot then obviously so, like what? so this brings me to my last two um gripes okay i promise this is my last okay. two gripes one that uh davis dies and you love him and no you I, I couldn't wait for that fucking dog's face to melt off um the dog's so, face yeah. melts off kind of rules if if she called that synthetic girl my little flower one more time i was burning <laughs> this book okay i was gonna have a book burning all right my little flower like I, I know she's supposed to be french and that's like what it's supposed to be but like okay stop is that a thing that French people? Do? I don't know. Do it is. It is like supposed flower? to be in the voice of like somebody with a French accent, right? My yeah, little flower, yeah. right? Like that's oh, yeah. you know, and I, and I think that's somewhat offensive too. Um, but that's like <laughs> um what the what he's going for, right? But the, like the British people the are calling people gov in this book, oh, and the fucking time. I couldn't. And it. the French go, people are calling go. little kids my little flower, and I'm like, oh god, okay, Peppy Le Pew, let's put this. To rest. Oh my god. Okay. When the when the guys who ask her name and she says like Corporal Poppins, I <laughs> wanted Corporal to jump Poppins. off the cliff. <laughs> no. Fucking can't. So that was my big <laughs> That was my big Why are you making Mary Poppins jokes? Also, like I I couldn't tell if I liked or absolutely hated every time a reference was used and then the robot was like, I got that reference. It's uh, a reference to yeah. this. I was like It's very <laughs> data the next generation. In the bad way, and I love the Next Generation, one of my favorite shows of all fucking time, and I love Data, but this doesn't belong in an Alien book. Doesn't work in Alien. I'll tell you that. You know what I mean? It doesn't. It doesn't work without Picard being like, "You fucking robot, shut up." You know what I mean? Like that's what makes that work. But I. <laughs> I um that's my biggest that's not my biggest my biggest problem was little flower but this is one of my biggest problems which is like the <laughs> constant flower. references we I taught I touched on <sighs> Boris right but there but she's deep they talk about this fucking pinky pong toy which is like a <laughs> from a show in 2007 by the makers of Teletubbies like that's where we're going with and 
it, you know, this girl in what 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 year are we in? Twenty one fifty eight or whatever the hell it is. I believe it's twenty one eighty. Twenty one eighty six. Okay, is bananas. Do you know what I mean? That's like one of my children <laughs> playing with a toy from the nineteen hundreds, like a hoop in a in a stick. Do you know what I mean? Daddy, I need my hoop and a stick. Yeah. I cannot go to school today. They will all make fun of me if I do not have the hoop and stick. Yes, that's what we're talking about, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. I, also, the fact that they like go out of their way to like describe a Monty Python. Oh God, egg. the dead parrot sketch over it. They call, and that's what he recites at the end as his face is melting off. By the way, as well. So there's a callback to the dead parrot sketch. Maybe if I understand humor, I can be a per. It's very data. This is data. Like this fucking dog is in the holodeck doing Sherlock Holmes or whatever in a, a previous book. You know what I mean? The thing that's funny though is that in other works, like we're talking about Alien Prototype, with Davis is also in, where Davis is not in a body; he's just like an AI, AI. And he's a way more interesting character in that book because he's not like focused on being human. He's so dumb, like yeah, just like. But we're also like even when we're doing the chest burster, the first chest burster scene in the book, it's basically ripped right from Alien. Like they're sitting around a dinner table. Do you know what I mean? Everything in this book is a reference to something else, it feels like. This is like fucking Family Guy in the book. So so I guess that's what we mean. Like, if you're going to do that, like, parody stuff, just do it, you know? And Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you're either, like, you're, like, halfway silly. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of what brings down parts of, uh, of the book. I, I mean, when they introduce Cher to the dog, right? The end of that chapter yeah. is like, the dog can come as long as she's not going to hump my leg. Like, this is what we're working with in this book. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're working with in this oh, book. Oh, God. Also, like, I, I hated this, like, random Scooby-Doo. Oh, Scooby-Doo? Like, <laughs> they call him Scooby all the time. Fuck it. Oh, my God. How many? He's a Labradoodle. Scooby-Doo. Who's? Re- and, and I know that reference of Scooby-Doo. It is a group of individuals <laughs> who investigate paranormal activities in a van. It's like, I read it on wikipedia.com. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing in this book? Can we get an alien rip someone's face off, please? Yeah. I, I don't... I... <laughs> the fact is, though, I still had a good time reading Because it's dumb. It's du- It's kind of dumb fun. But it is, you know. But I could see, like, if you're tied into and invested in this world, how this book would really piss you off. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> And I don't even know that much about it, but it also sort of pissed me. I sound way angrier than probably on this podcast than I actually am about having read this book. Like, I'm not that mad about it, but it is terminally stupid. I'm going to get you. I'm going to send you a pinky punk in the mail so you can, like, calm down and, like, be happier. Um, There are also, like, apparently there are, like, deep British references. Apparently there's, like, a point where, like, characters are, like, named after, like, very obscure British. It, the the like, I think all the ships are named after, a bunch of the ships are named after British politicians and stuff too. I think. Oh yeah, well because they're like the USS Thatcher yeah. or something shows up near the end of the book, and I'm like, oh fuck, off. <laughs> like I don't think that's look, the that's the ship that like... shows up and just fucking starts shooting all the poor people. Do you know what I mean? 
Oh, great, great. I cannot wait for the review. <laughs> this podcast is too political. Now the book says everything is political. I guess that reference to Scooby-Doo was fucking political, too. I don't know what... <laughs> yeah. uh, really, he's talking about the 1960s and the fall of the hippie culture. <laughs> talking about it through the lens of Scooby-Doo. So, uh, Jason. Yeah. Final thoughts. Uh, would you recommend this book? I, I mean, <laughs> I, I think if you go in knowing it's dumb fun, you could have some fun with it. I, if you're somebody who's looking, and this is from somebody who knows nothing about the alien world, uh, you know, in comparison to probably most of the people who actually listen to the show. If you are looking for an expansion of the universe in an intelligent way, I would say steer clear. If you're looking for something dumb fun to kind of laugh at, Go for it. Yeah, With some cool yeah, descriptions so, of the Xenomorph. Some cool descriptions. Yeah. I still, like, I've, technically I've read this twice. And, like, I, I enjoyed both times. Like, I think by the end I'm into it. I I am more into some of the character arcs than Jason is. I think that they are, they are okay. And then Jason, like, pokes a bunch of holes in it. And now I'm like, oh, maybe. <laughs> no, I mean, it's I fine. Like to, it's also like fine. Yeah. Yeah. I just think they're, they're underbaked. Right, like I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's it's that is very fair. That is um. Fair. I, I again, I don't even think this is in my top ten or fifteen sure. alien books. Right. Like I enjoyed reading this, but definitely not uh one that I would recommend to people to read unless you're like a complete completionist. And what's really crazy is there is a short story in the Alien versus Predator anthology that just came out, Alien versus Predator: The Ultimate Prey, written by David Barnett. And it's amazing. It's amazing. It's like a predator is landing on like pretty much on the, the Overlook Hotel. And like there is like a uh, and there's like this huge emotional thing that happens that's really entertaining and really interesting. Um, and the, the tone is like no humor in it at all. And it's just like focusing on like being heartfelt and all this stuff. So I was like really surprised reading those two back to back. And that's just a short story though. So maybe if he had gone sure. longer, all of a sudden, I don't know, Jack Nicholson is doing the can can or something. I don't know where it would have gone. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's, it's like shining, but no character goes, Hey, isn't this like Stephen King's the shining? I think it might be. I know that reference to red rum. I know, I know that reference. Is, wait, wait. So it is like a haunted hotel? Well, so what happens is like you find out that it is a haunted hotel in our mind, in our world, but that's only because like an experimental like gravity warp engine crashed there for the Predator world. So like all time and space is kind of like wibbly wobbly and like, you know, it oh, that's looks interesting. like it's all paranormal, but like it's like a sci-fi element to oh, it. Oh, that's interesting. It's like really fun. Yeah. And like the Predator will like lure people in there because it's like one of the ultimate hunting grounds because like everything will like like a normal haunted house like the the architecture doesn't make any sense and everything gets messed up and mm. it's really hard to like physically hunt people and the alien in it so it's like a special thing and it's actually all about alcoholism wow so I mean, it guess, really is the shining it really is the shining because it is all about alcohol all hunting and no that. play make predator dull alien <laughs> you found out you find out the predator had an alcoholic thing. <laughs> what <laughs> you do it works though. <laughs> You've always been the caretaker here, alien predator. You've always been. <laughs> You're afraid of page two, three, seven. Of <laughs> Fucking. 
I should check. Does it go into like is page two three seven in that? Oh my god. Or two nineteen if you're listening to the proper version of uh, Stephen King. <laughs> wow, this book was a lot. <laughs> For such a short book, it's brought me, you know, a lot. Honestly, I read it in like a day and a half. Yeah, it was. Yeah. No, it's a lot. It's a lot. Well, that's another episode of the LV426 Degrees of Alien. Catch us back next week when we're covering a ripoff. Goodbye.